is happening now? We're about to send you back to the Rebuta! <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Back to the Revuture, the show in which we take a classic film that one of us or both of us might not have seen, and we take a look at it now. I'm Amber Inch. And I'm Drew Bridger. Yay! Yay! Amber has done the intro, which can only mean one thing. I haven't seen the film. Well, neither That's what it means. Well, yeah, but neither have I. Yeah, so, but again... <laughs> I haven't seen the film. You're you're getting more and more disgruntled about the <laughs> yeah because about I keep the entire to watch films that you want to watch. That's why <laughs> I find it funny that you're disgruntled about the premise of this podcast. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm disgruntled about the fact that you made up the concept of either one of us not having seen a film, and pretty much the entire time it's just been you've seen the film and I haven't. <laughs> Every time. Wow, we're. One minute into the podcast, and oh, you brought it up. <laughs> already challenging the concept of the show. <laughs> well, what film would you like to do then? I don't know. Well, then there we go. <laughs> if you want to write down, I mean, I've written down lists of ones, but every time I go, oh, this is a film that I haven't seen that you have. You go, oh god, yeah, but that's like two and a half hours long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I tried to pick shorter ones, hmm. which means that we can get through them quicker. Okay. I'm, I have your welfare at my at my sole <laughs> concern. Okay, yeah, right, yeah. Your welfare yeah, is my okay, sole yeah, concern right. here. <laughs> you seem very sceptical about that premise as well. <laughs> this is this is a real showing of behind the scenes of this show as to like what goes on. Entirely in the lead up to the point that we push record on this, like making oh, me sound grumpy. Why do we always do? Why do we always do films that you want to do? It's like, okay, well, what film would you want? Oh, I can't think of one. <laughs> That's not what I said. I was just like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Next time we'll leave it up to you, but you got to think of one before we next record. Yeah, right. Okay, all right then. Well, I'll leave it up to you then. How does that sound? <laughs> okay. Next episode. Hang on to your seats, folks, because Amber will be introing the next episode because it'll be one that she'll be leading fully because it'll be a film that she's seen that I haven't. Yeah, okay. Okay, awesome. But for now, <laughs> it's still one that we both haven't seen this week. And I'm actually quite surprised that neither of us have seen this film because actually this film kind of seemed like it was right up our street. For I was films a bit young we... for this. Yeah? When did it come out? Okay, well, we are journeying back in our way back machine to the year 2000. Yeah, I was 10. A been to the year 2000. <laughs> I was 10. Not much was different, but their phones were much bigger. <laughs> no. Yeah, they were. I mean, they were massive. They were size of bricks in the... <laughs> Year Not 2000. in 2000. It was only 20 years ago. Year 2000, we were still using, like, Nokias. <laughs> Nokias yeah. were still pretty big. Well, I think it was the advent of the sidekick in America. Do you remember those, the little flippy no. round ones? Not really. No? They tried to take off over here, but people were too obsessed with Blackberries instead. They flipped round. What did they do? They they were like little flat ones, and the screen sort of went, what, round? Oh, right. Yeah, it was oh, no. weird. 
So we are going back in our way back machine to the year 2000 and we are taking a look at Unbreakable which was a really big film at the time. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was huge. I remember my parents going to see it and thinking it was like, oh, they kept going on about it. Kept talking about it all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because around the time, there was almost at the advent of superhero movies and comic book movies yeah, I was gonna becoming say, a really big deal. Yeah, I was going to say this must be... Like that's the reason why people thought it was so unbelievable and so good at the time because it kind of it didn't kick it off because there were things before that obviously no yeah you're right but you're right it's like the the first thriller type film yeah. that came from that kind of hero villain yes like storyline yeah. type so thing. no so you're... it's almost like a graphic novel on screen but they hadn't really done that yes. yet yes yeah yeah it was like more serious it, it it definitely had that vibe about it. It was kind of, it, it all almost in a way, it was a bit meta because it was looking at the tropes of comic books whilst also at the same time kind of living one out. Yeah, that's what he was trying to do there, wasn't it? Right, exactly. So because he was so obsessed with them, he was trying. He 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 thought that because this is what's in comic books and that's what he's read all of his life, there must be somebody that's on the complete opposite end of him. Sure. And he just did villainous things the to antithesis find of him. him, basically. Yeah, exactly. Which is really weird, because this is what I mean. It was not pointless, obviously, because that's not what I mean, but it was strange that it had that regular M. Night Shyamalan thing. Shyamalan. <laughs> Shyamalan. <laughs> at the end, where it was like, whoa, it was him the whole time. It was like a big twist at the end. Yeah. Which you only get on the last ten minutes of the film. Or not even this, this was like the last five minutes of the film. Yes. So, not pointless, but why? Like, what, what was the reason for him killing loads of people so that he could find that one person that was the opposite of him? Because nothing came of it. He didn't do anything about it. He just met the guy... And that was it. I think that from his perspective, it was that he was so obsessed with the idea of there being a hero to him. Yeah, I actually think I just realised why. Like he wanted to put a hero into the world so desperately that he made himself into a villain in order yeah, to find yeah. that person. As I was talking about that, I realised what he said, because he said at the end, it's hard to live knowing that you don't have a purpose in the world. So then he figured out his purpose was to bring somebody who would save people. Right. Yeah. Right. And this was 2000. So if my maths on this is correct, and I think it is, this is two years before the first Spider-Man movie, which is kind of the film along with the X-Men movies that came, I think, just before this one did. Oh. Yeah, I think so. I think the X-Men movies kind of came out, uh, yeah, around this one, I think, around oh, turn okay. of 2000. Uh, it, they kind of really kicked off the comic book adaptation yeah. Franchises. Yeah, so like the exaggerated comic yeah. book things. So it's kind of like almost suits and stuff. Like yeah, that. exactly. So it's kind of weird that Unbreakable 
in a way, within the film had a lot of foreshadowing, but the film itself was foreshadowing of a lot of comic book movies mm, that would come yeah, after yeah. it. And I think that what you said about it being like a dark thriller was spot on because it is a graphic novel more like than mm, a comic yeah, book. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So when they started adapting things like Sin City yeah, and things and they had like, like that. Watchmen and yeah, Watchmen and V for Vendetta. It it had that kind of a vibe about it rather than things that people would recognise like Spider Man, yeah, like X Men, yeah. um, Iron Man later on and everything like that. Mm. So as we do every episode, we get the person that hasn't seen the film to put down their synopsis of what they thought the film was gonna be before they watched it. Now, obviously, we both haven't seen this film. Mm -hmm. And I know what you're going to say, because you'll call me out on this. Oh, oh, yeah, here we go. Well, I haven't really seen the film. Well, I've kind of seen the film. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen the film. How much have you seen? The trailer. I've not actually seen the film, have you? No, I haven't seen the film. Pretending that you've seen the film. (laughs) No, I haven't seen the film, but because... I this was so synonymous with superhero movies and comic book movies I kind of figured it was something along the lines of a superhero movie and from what I had known about the movie already uh, and from its subsequent sequels that have come out since yeah, yeah kind of a, which yeah, we'll yeah. get into later on I kind of figured that Samuel L. Jackson's character was not a nice character, as in not a protagonist. So I kind of put those together. But in what sense, I didn't really kind of realise until the end. Okay. So I was like... (laughs) Yeah, that's the point, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Because, I mean, you, you don't exactly have a nickname of Mr. Glass and have that be like oh yeah that's a kind of superhero name that's a little bit more synonymous with a bad guy yeah so i kind of figured that it was about a guy that realizes he can't be hurt or can't be damaged and this other guy mr glass who i did know had I knew that his character the whole thing about his character and why he's in a wheelchair at the end is that he's got brittle bones so he breaks really easily which is why he's called Mr. Glass I kind of worked that out very quickly I kind of figured that he was going to be the archetype to him like the antithesis of him somehow Okay. so that's what I kind of figured the film would be about without realising how dark it would get in some places yeah but what did you think well i knew that there was somebody who was difficult to i thought it was kind of invincible almost actually so i didn't really think that it was just that he couldn't get hurt i thought that maybe he couldn't die or something so i knew that there was one person that that happened to i didn't know whether it was Bruce Willis or Samuel L. Jackson. I didn't know whose character it was. I didn't know. But I knew it was something like that. But, yeah, I didn't have any idea, really, what the story would be about, apart from the fact that it was just about this guy who couldn't get hurt or something. Right. (laughs) I didn't really know. And then when it started, and then you realise there's two of them, I thought maybe he was going to try and find him because he was 
trying to think like what's he made up of that I could maybe take or could I help myself knowing what he oh, was oh right so you about, thought so you kind of figured they he was going to find a way to take his well, powers off well I didn't think he was actually going to find it I thought he was going to try right right I don't think it was going to be like as sinister as what it was I thought maybe he was just going to kind of say you need to help me because I've got this problem and you don't have any problems at all maybe we'll try and figure it out I don't know I, I'm, I'm not sure and try and switch places almost well no just help him become normal or more usual in the bone department <laughs> <laughs> I love that term more usual in the bone department <laughs> that's what I thought I thought he was just gonna I didn't think it was gonna be like I need to steal your powers or drain you no or exactly weird. I just thought he was gonna try and make him more normal I suppose I'm still on bone department <laughs> I'm picturing like a warehouse just full of like neatly organised bones it's like, not neatly no <laughs> I thought they would be categorised no. but in your, no they're just everywhere all out all over the place yeah. just tables of them piles <laughs> piled up high yeah we can get you a bone if you need a new bone but it will take us a lot of time because we've got a lot of bones to go through <laughs> to find the right one. This is the department, but uh, department in a loose term. <laughs> it's more of a holding area for bones yeah. <laughs> until we eventually find a place for them to be moved on to, as in into you. Uh, but we do need to have a better form of organisation for all of these bones first. <laughs> bone filing. <laughs> filing down the bones. <laughs> now I'm just picturing loads of bones in like a file cabinet. No, stop talking about flicking, bones. Flicking through them. Stop talking about bones. Find the right one. Um, so what did you think of this film? Because obviously this is not the first time that Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis have shared a screen together in like a really big sense because they've been in prior to this things like uh die hard with a vengeance pulp fiction oh, everything yeah. so they've shared a lot of screen time <laughs> together yeah, they before weren't really in this, this film together that much were they that's what surprised me they didn't really meet each other that much in this film really not that you would no well, they met each other but they didn't spend a long time together each time so it was quite quick that you saw them together which is strange I was kind of expecting yeah. it to yeah. I was expecting it to be completely different I think as it kind of went on I thought oh this isn't what I thought it was going to be I kind of thought we were going to see him trying to save people a little bit more he was going to give that a, a like a bigger go not just <laughs> give it a bigger go well I didn't think we were just going to see him do it to one person at the end in like the last 15 minutes I feel like what this is is more of an origins movie yeah, do you not feel that it was that? really weird because they didn't have any plans to do another one did they like when was no. the next one out it was like 18 years later or something ridiculous <laughs> well this is the weird thing and this is the thing that I think made Split so significant and everyone was talking about it because Split came out and they were like oh it's a new M, M. Night Shyamalan movie and I was like oh great I'm not that big a fan of M. Night Shyamalan I quite now. like it well yeah I, so here's the thing I liked M. Night Shyamalan's movies like Sixth Sense 
and you know I, I knew that this one was a good film The Village was you know a pretty good film as well but M. Night Shyamalan started getting associated with these films that had a major plot twist right at the end yeah and it's almost like he became so synonymous with that. Yeah, so that, you're waiting for it. That you're waiting for it Actually, and almost expecting it. Even though I knew that that's what he did <laughs> Yeah. when I was watching this film. But when I'm watching the film, I completely forget. And I don't even look out for it. I forgot. Right. And then it got to the end okay. and I was like, oh, it was him. <laughs> and, then I, and then I thought, oh, yeah, that, I mean, something like that was going to happen, wasn't it? But I only realised that after it all happened. Right. So you kind of... <laughs> Yeah, and uh, just watch the film. Just watch the film and enjoy it. <laughs> just forget about what just you might. Forget. So I figured that he must have obviously been an architect of something behind the film, but I didn't realize the extent to which he had gone to in order to do these things. And you actually realize that this relatively unassuming guy. Mm has been you know th this person that's been creating all of these disasters yeah. that have been happening you go wow this guy that can't hardly hold himself up has been doing this don't you think it's weird the whole time that... <laughs> don't you think it's weird that he was doing all this all over the world and then he found him in the same state that he was living in, in the first place and that's the bit that's the that point. i i and know because at, at first i kind of thought what so he just did all this in philadelphia just hoping that the guy was living in philadelphia it was a bit of a stretch and then i saw that he did it all over the world and i thought yeah. oh, okay i understand right yeah okay and then oh no he was in philadelphia anyway. yeah no turns out he was in philadelphia <laughs> right turns out he was down the road the whole time but then you know that might just be the way of it all he needed to do was, do was go around the corner and ask. Wait. Okay, yeah. He was so, he lived in Philadelphia, didn't he? Bruce Willis? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was just thinking maybe it was somewhere different because they specifically said that he was in West Philadelphia in the beginning Born of and the film. In the beginning of the film. <laughs> in the playground, he didn't that. spend a whole lot of days. No. No. <laughs> in fact, he spent most of his time inside. Yeah. Well, not after she bought him presents. Yeah, well... Send him outside to go and get a comic book. That's where it all started. And I like the fact that in this they have... I can't decide whether it's a weird marketing likeness thing that they couldn't get round or whether they didn't want to deliberately associate themselves with particular titles. Probably. It might be the second one, but... I just find it funny that there's a comic book shop and his little art studio museum yeah. thing, whatever, filled with actual comic book titles and yeah. actual superheroes. Mm. And yet the ones that he picks up and holds in his hand and makes note of yeah. are entirely fictional, like rip-offs of ones that we actually already have. Yeah. You it's know? probably because people that have, if they were to choose regular comic books, they would get people going, oh, that doesn't happen in that story. He would never do anything like that in that one. Oh, yeah, that I that <laughs> I didn't think of that. That is. Oh, he good... wouldn't do that. Oh, no, that's not what happens in that issue. That wouldn't even be anything like this. It would angry up so the comic book So they'd have to nerds. really research a lot of stuff yeah. to try and get So they'd just make it up. <laughs> it's just easier. 
those comic book guys would be straight on to Reddit going, <laughs> actually, I think you'll find in this issue. <laughs> not that I'm saying I'm one of those guys, but... <laughs> but not yours, not saying you're not one of I'm them not either. saying I'm not one of those guys. I'm not saying I am either. <laughs> but, um, do you know, I liked it at the start of this, uh, of this film where they put up all of the statistics about comic books. Yeah, because that'd be wrong now. <laughs> and it said the average collector has 3,300 yeah, issues and will spend over an entire year reading them. And I was like, oh, I think I better start counting how many <laughs> I've got, whether that makes me an actual collector or not. <laughs> A comic book collector has way more than 3,000 issues. Well, yeah. And no, you know, well, way more than 3,000 issues. Oh, right. <laughs> 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 wow, that took me a second. Yeah, I know. Yeah, maybe I was right. Maybe I was in. <laughs> maybe I was just in denial over it. I don't know. I mean, I do have fifteen years worth of comic books stashed yes, away. Yes, they're all here. lying around here. I can see in piles, <laughs> right next to the piles of bones that we have. <laughs> piles of bones, pile of comics. Where do we even start with this filing system? I don't know. But instead of it take over a year to read them, or spend spends over a year reading them, and I was like, oh god, it's taken me, taken me That's about a year, a year of their life though. What if you live to your eighty and it's only one year that you've spent reading them? Life well spent. Yeah, it's only one year. It's <laughs> only one year. That's not that bad. brilliant. I'm sure people that read books spend way more time reading them than that. Sure. So, Why so not? what? You're allowed. But in fairness, I could probably get through ten comics in the time that it would take you to get through one book. That's what I'm saying. Mm. All right, let's be realistic. Two comics. <laughs> I, I read re really slowly. I did read. <laughs> I did read a book in one day the other day. That's true. That's but true. Yeah, ten comics. Should have seen the really size of the book. It no, was it massive. Wasn't big. <laughs> it wasn't big. I don't even Huge. know. Huge. Don't even know why I did it. it. I wasn't even to. It wasn't even to boast. I just. I don't even know why. You just. You just <laughs> finished it. Yeah, because I just wanted to get to the end of it. Wanted it out of the way. Yeah, I wanted it out of the way. Basically, I and started it, it and I didn't dislike yeah. it enough to stop. But then I didn't love it enough to be like really interested in it. So I was wasn't savoring it. I was just like. Oh, just get it over and done with. Yeah. And how many comics did I read yesterday? Okay. None. Oh. So, you know, oh, there you right. go. You've proven your point. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be right. No, but you are. You were just being a show off. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I'm, I'm trying to go through in my head exactly how many copies of things that I might have, how many issues of things I might have. And I'm like, well... A lot of them I have given away. Yeah, 3,000 is a lot. So, 3,000 is a lot. Especially if I you don't have the space. how many would fit space. in each of those boxes. So if you know how many would fit in the boxes, you can just like times it by three or four. Well, now, if you want to get really nerdy, here's the thing, all right? It comes down to the method with which you store them. Yes, you because you can board them if you want and then it adds extra. Yeah, because if you bag and board them, that takes up a lot of extra extra space. But here's the thing. If you don't bag and board them and you use the front-to-back-to-back -to -back method so that they don't bend, that fits way more Yeah, in. but I don't think that's a good idea. No, but you see, that's what I do. And it has... Oh, oh, 
Yeah, and I you used have to, to. You have to have good bags as well because if you don't have good bags, it spoils. Oh, you got to have the polyethylene bags, yes. But like the good ones that that seal properly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and you got to like tape them down. Yeah, because you can't have the ones that already stick because when you try and put them back in. No, it yeah. It catches the paper. Yeah. The ones that already have the sticky, yeah, that is a no the sticky line across the back. No, I don't know why people are obsessed no. with those. They are not good. No. No, get the regular ones tape and tape them down. Yeah. Yes, this is a pro tip. But you have to pro do it with... Tip. You, have to do, you have to do it with, like, whatever they call it, easy peel tape or whatever. Masking so tape. Oh, okay. Masking tape is the best one. Masking tape? Yeah. Is that brown? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. You just use a little bit of masking tape. We've on got it. this book. We've got this tape called book tape, and when you put it on jacket, it's specifically for book jackets. See, that's perfect. Yeah, and when you put it on book jackets, you can really ease it. Like it stays everything stuck down really yeah. well. But if you just lift it up slightly and just peel it, it does peel off, so yeah. it doesn't damage anything. And that's what you need. But you see, because I'm a heathen and I don't bag and board every issue that I have, I only bag and board ones that I either really like or were a limited cover or something like that, yeah. like a limited release, all right? Oh. I store them all in the front to back to back method so terrible that the spines lines. don't bend. That's terrible. See, this is a real nerd <laughs> that isn't talk. That's adequate though. No, it's not. And if you ever wondered how nerdy Amber and I are. I'm not. On, well, I mean, you know, all right. Okay. <laughs> if you ever wondered how nerdy we can get, <laughs> on this podcast this this is probably peak this peak is the nerdy. most that I could go yeah the, I can't this do is anymore the... and it's not because I've bagged no. and boarded any of my own or anything I've just seen it yeah <laughs> well your dad and his Wolverine collection yeah. you know yeah. that's a that's a big deal now no. that's a big deal <laughs> lame <laughs> <laughs> nerd alert nerd alert <laughs> We interrupt this show to bring you a brief word from our sponsors. Amber, I would like to tell you about Greenbird gift baskets. Cool. Cool, you're interested? Interested. Excellent, I'm glad you said that, because Greenbird gift baskets is a small local business based in Southampton offering gourmet gift baskets beautifully hand-wrapped in biodegradable cellophane. They use products from small local businesses wherever they can and are perfect gifts for weddings, birthdays, baby showers, or simply as a thank you. We are passionate about supporting small local businesses who offer delicious products and share our values on sustainability. There is a selection of baskets available online, Greenbird gift baskets at square.site, and all baskets are totally customizable for dietary needs and tastes. Greenbird gift baskets offer sweet, savory, and mixed baskets, as well as picnic boxes, and prices start from just £25 for a gift basket. Amber, they can even add wine or fizz for an extra special touch. Collection is available from Southampton or they can deliver to surrounding areas. So visit Greenbird Gift Baskets at square.site and check them out on Facebook and Instagram at Greenbird Gift Baskets. Oh, and make sure to tell them that Back to the Review just sent you, yeah? And now we return to your regularly scheduled programming. So, would you like a little bit of unbreakable trivia time? <laughs> oh, yeah, also, <laughs> by the way, the reason why I um, I can only ever think of unbreakable because it's a Westlife song. So, whenever, any- <laughs> whenever anybody says unbreakable, I was like, oh, yeah, Westlife. No, Bruce Willis. What? Okay. Well, that was my trivia. Okay. 
I, I didn't know that because I don't really know how the song goes. So. No, well, I can't sing it, can you I? You can't so. sing it on here, no. Although I don't mind paying Get flagged for that. <laughs> oh, I mean, you already have. I'll pay Westlife. I don't I'm, pretty sure you've, I'm pretty sure you've given Westlife given a, a huge of chunk of your money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you've given Westlife more money than you would And other people have to, also given money announce. on behalf of me as well to them. Well, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm aware of that as well. Mm. I'm aware of that. Would you like a little bit of trivia time to... Yeah, okay. uh, to cut through that feeling of <laughs> having spent money for no, Westlife. I enjoy every, every minute of it. I'm of course not, you I'm do. I'm not mad. <laughs> hey, I, I, look, I'm not here to yuck your yum, okay? That, what? I'm not here to yuck your yum. <laughs> Where right? did you hear that? <laughs> that's, a term that's, that's a term that I've heard. This when guy did right. you hear it? When? Yeah. Relatively recently. Yeah, that's what I knew. I knew right. that. It's a term that I like. It's like a perfect description. When did you hear that, though? Oh, weeks ago. What, weeks on ago. what? On a, on a, a rival podcast. <laughs> you don't have to put that on there. I just we to... haven't got a whole lot of listeners. Every podcast is a rival <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Everyone is out to get us. Not rivals, friends. People friends. can listen to more than one thing. Yeah, absolutely. I do. Yeah. I'm not here to yuck your yum. <laughs> I just really like that term. It's a perfect description. Like if someone goes, oh, I really I'm don't like that. I'm not here like to ick your pick. Yeah. <laughs> See, I just made that up. Well, that's perfect. That's perfect as well. I don't like that. Anytime someone though. goes, oh, why do you like that? You know? Do you know like, what that's... I hate as well? What? When people say, this is my guilty pleasure. Why would you feel guilty about it? Yeah. I don't like that. This is my guilty pleasure. There's this thing on, on a certain radio station where every morning at a certain time, I don't even know, they play somebody's guilty pleasure they've written in and talked about. And it's always something ridiculous, like a Bee Gees song or an ABBA song or something. And it's like, that, why are you guilty? Why about are that? you guilty about? But why are you guilty about like in anything? Like somebody has written and recorded this music. Yeah, that's somebody's it's piece because of secretly, art that they've put out. It's because that person that has that guilty pleasure is a hell's angel, and they'll get kicked out of the club if they <laughs> announce that they're an ABBA fan. But that's so stupid. That's it's why like you don't. You, nothing can be a guilty pleasure. Just enjoy it. So yeah, yeah, life's too short to not enjoy pleasures. It's so annoying. Yeah. Speaking of which, my guilty pleasure. Oh. No, I'm joking. Is it is it this trivia? My guilty pleasure is giving you trivia. <laughs> yes, I feel guilty about it because I know the amount of stress and anxiety it brings to you. But okay, so guilty pleasure in that sense yes. is fine then. There yeah. we go. Okay, so my guilty pleasure is that I'm about to give you a little bit of trivia. Okay, okay. so. This ties in really nicely with what we were talking about earlier, which I think we can circle back ground to now. But the scene at the stadium where David Dunn, that's Bruce Willis. Yeah. Right. Okay, <laughs> okay I've just watched the film. Okay. Brushes past a mother and child and senses child abuse just before he confronts the drug dealer is believed to be Kevin Crumb and his mother from the movie Split in 2016. Ah. So... Isn't that weird? Would... I mean, it's not officially tied spoiler? in. Is that a spoiler? It is a little bit of a spoiler. But we haven't seen that film. We haven't. I really want to watch all of those films now. But it is... But I like how someone has sat there and connected the dots. They've yeah. watched this film. They've watched this film back and gone, Oh, wait, hang on, that happened. Do you think that... And the age timeline yeah, kind of yeah. matches up. And so then do I guess reckon... somebody said it and he said, yeah, that checks out. 
<laughs> M. Night Charmalamalan, which went, yes. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Def- you know Sometimes, what? Sometimes, yeah, though, is. when people have these types of things, like he made Unbreakable, mm. a lot of people are then thinking about the next like 10 steps ahead aren't they and they think what if I made a film about this though and what if I made a film about this and so maybe yeah. there is some there is something in it a significant part of it I don't I don't know like how do we connect the dots to other things yeah, yeah. there's always these theory videos yeah on know. on things but then like also videos on Gizmodo about, and like, stuff there's also you know? things on YouTube that's like Obviously, Charlie Chaplin was a time traveller because outside his film, somebody's got a mobile phone. Like, uh, stuff like that all the time. <laughs> yeah, there are things Have like that. Have you seen that? that? Though that is weird, though. There is a video, and that is weird. Yeah. He looks like he's on a mobile phone, and it, this man outside a cinema... Can't... Uh, anyway, wh- whatever it was, he was outside of a building, and he was on the phone, and it was literally, like, 1910s or something. Like, it was crazy. Well, this is the thing. All right? So, if you want to get into this, it really depends on what theory of time travel you associate to more. Because if you believe that time travel is on a closed loop, that would be possible because we still wouldn't know whether time travel is possible or not. Because you would only be able to travel (laughs) along a timeline that is a closed loop. But if you were to confront the idea that time travel is actually completely existential, you can go anywhere along a, a particular timeline that you like, then yes, time travel is entirely possible. <laughs> he just really wanted to go back and see but Charlie Chaplin. But we just Chaplin. don't know about it yet. He wanted to go and see Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. And he wanted to phone somebody to say they'd just seen it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I just got out of the cinema. It's all right. Um, yeah, film was um, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty good. I'm just like, you know, you can uh, come and pick me up now. Um, <laughs> I've just remembered that I left the keys to the time machine uh, with you. So if it's you can so come and, uh, you can come and pick though. me up. <laughs> but then, I mean, editing does exist. So yes, it could just exactly. been somebody that had done that. Exactly. But it is weird because then it starts off these things, that these conspiracy things. Whereas, like, people online, I keep seeing video- <laughs> videos of people saying, you don't think time travel's real and people are going to say that I'm lying. Well, if I'm lying, how can this, how can I know this? Whatever. And then it'll say, in April 2022, there's going to be a brand new variant of this disease and it's going to be worse than the rest. And in July, there's going to be... Oh, please don't say that because <laughs> now... <laughs> No, but listen, <laughs> in July, one of them was really weird. It was like, in July, there's going to be a monkey that can talk to people. Something weird like that. It's just ridiculous stuff like this. And then everyone has to go back and look at that video in April or July to see if they were telling the truth. And it's like, you are mad. That's mad. Oh, there's going to be a monkey that talks. I know because I'm from the future. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> what? What? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, why are you asking me what? No, I don't I know. I was just saying, what? That's crazy. Yeah, I know. I know. But it's these theories online that connect dots between films. And it's you kind of videos that go, oh, the Matrix is in this universe and this universe. And this is why. Because you see this happen and mm. they, one character says this. Yeah. Which is uh, referenced in this other film. Right. And, you know, these, these things that kind of say, 
I mean, the big one is how Pixar is all in a shared universe. Yeah. And but this is what's the like strange that. thing about that is that is it fans sitting down and seeing that because they want to and they make up this thread or is it actually real? Well, this is the thing. It's like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Yeah, so someone says, oh, I know that that's that because it looks like him. Well, Well, yeah. But has anybody actually confirmed that that's true or are you just going... I think that what M. Night Shyamalan wanted to do with Split, which was very, very clever, was make a film that was just, you know, a film that he wanted to make about someone with multiple personalities yeah that's a very very dangerous person and then i reckon that the mentality was halfway through writing this he kind of went do you know this this is almost like a comic book villain what if right at the end i tie this into is that what happened? unbreakable have you seen that film no, I had the ending spoiled for me. Oh, uh, I don't want the ending spoiled for me. Oh, well, I, I mean, I thought you knew, and that's why you said you no, wanted to watch Split and Glass, no. because you knew that they all I tied just, in. No, not that I, I knew that they all tied in, and the way that somebody said, oh, it's kind of the same type of franchise, not franchise, but you know what I mean. Universe, like, they, the they same are universe. all kind yeah. of tied in, yeah. But I didn't know how. Well, I mean, again, I don't know exactly how it ties in. I know that. At the end, it's like you. It's oh, like oh, I know. Oh, how. this is in. He goes into the mental institute, and Samuel L. Jackson's in the same one as him. I think that's what it is. Again, oh, like okay. I because we haven't seen Split at <laughs> no, this but, point. I've just written it. <laughs> I mean, we won't. We probably won't go and watch Split for this podcast because no, it doesn't really count as like a classic. classic. But I want to. I want to watch it. Oh no, I do too. I do too. Absolutely. Especially now that I've seen Unbreakable and everything kind of makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Now. I mean, what did you think of Unbreakable as a whole? I liked it. Yeah? Yeah, I quite like those types of films. I I kind of... I, what would you class it as? What is it? It's not a psychological thriller, is it, really? Cause I, I, know, I like, would 100% say that it was a, a psychological thriller. Would you? I think you would be right in saying that. I don't yeah. think it's I don't think it's like eerie or chilling or anything, though. There's nothing odd it's about it. It's not. There are a couple of moments where I'm like, oh, wow, this got dark. When he what? goes to the house of the guy that just did a home invasion and killed... Uh, not killed the family, but killed like locked up the family. He killed the man. Yeah, he did. Uh, when he goes in there and he's finding all of the stuff, I was like, this is oh. weird now. I didn't think that was that bad. Oh. I guess because I kind of... Yeah, yeah, but you watch a lot of true crime stuff, so no, anything like that isn't going to seem that that's bad. That's what I was going to say. Miss say, True Detective just... <laughs> over here. I guess I just expected something like that to happen. I don't know, yeah. so it wasn't really a shock. But it's not like everyone says that Sixth Sense is a psychological thriller. But that is because it's also got parts that just mess you up. Like you're watching it and then there's somebody who's got like a massive hole in their brain or something. Right. You know, that type of thing. Right. Yeah. Or is it a psychological horror? Is that? I would say that's psychological horror. Yeah, this is yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, more yeah. of like that's a dark I mean. that's thriller. What I mean, yeah. Yes. So that's psychological horror. Yeah. So maybe this is... Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe this is... And again, I didn't want to say because obviously... I, the thing is, I think, in a really weird way, M. Night Shyamalan is the cause of spoiler culture. Yeah, probably. In a way. Yeah. Because 
before these he started doing these kinds of films people weren't really too concerned about having the ending of films no I suppose not because you could kind of see what was happening not that you could always see what was coming but he really did put in like a massive (gasps) yeah and the only other big one that I can think of before this was The Empire Strikes Back oh yeah (laughs) but even then you know it wasn't exactly a widely kept secret because at press panels Dave Prowse was kind of talking about it oh. and everyone was going, wait, what? Oh, wait, what? that's a bit sad. Wait, hang, hang on, <laughs> what? And everyone was like, well, is this real? Is this not real? Oh, okay. And so everyone, oh. when the film released, everyone came out going, oh my God, this is great. And everyone was talking about it. Yeah. And so it wasn't really... That was kind of the first bit of like spoiler culture, but I feel like with The Sixth Sense... And the way that M. Night Shyamalan made Sixth Sense to have such a reveal end to it, that was the start, the pinpoint start to spoiler culture. Because everyone was talking about this film and going, oh no, but you can't tell anyone what the end is Mm. because telling people the end of it ruins... The, all of the rest it of the film well, ruins yeah. the impact of it <laughs> because you realise at the end that you haven't even paid attention really because you think he basically put everything right in front of you and you yeah. don't even know that it's there until the end because you're not really looking out for it you didn't think oh there's going to be a shock twist at the end so I have to analyse everything but now you kind of watch the film and you look at things and go oh that was weird or that you notice a lot more don't you Like you're yeah. more like kind of on the ball with things I find sometimes because you kind of think, oh, maybe this is a thriller or maybe this is about crime, something like that. So you know what the genre is before you're going in. Right, And then right. you feel like you have to pay more attention if you're trying to solve a crime or there's a murder happening or you think something's going to happen. You know, that, like yeah. a, that type of thing. And with Sixth Sense, it's one of those rare films that you... If, if you've never seen the film before and you know nothing about it, you watch it all the way through and then the end happens... And you go, wait, hang on, hang on. No, that can't be right. Yeah. And you immediately go back and but watch. But do they not show the you? I think they do at the end. They explain certain parts. So he has flashbacks to certain yeah, he scenes. Does. Because all the thing that I was that I'm thinking is when he goes to the restaurant and sits in the front of the restaurant is the big one. Yeah. I because when I watched the film for the first time. I was like, hang on, why is she just ignoring him now? Yeah. And and then at the end... Yeah, because you can't really tell if she's ignoring him or not because she's talking, but yes. she's not really looking at him. So you can't tell whether she's just saying it because she's like, oh, I'm just trying to get this done, you know, that type of thing, or whether, well, he's not there, obviously. But it's, yeah, it's really strange. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I'm joking. That's the whole <laughs> point of this conversation. Yeah, the whole point of this conversation <laughs> is about that. I know. But, but I was yeah. really young when I saw... I know this isn't about that film, but no. I was really young when I first saw that film. So I didn't have a clue what it was about. No. I've never been told no, anything no, no, about no. it. If and I had waited a bit longer, then maybe I would have heard or would have known what it was. Like, I didn't watch it when it first came out or anything, because I think... I mean, I would have been really young then. Oh, I yeah. don't know when it came out, to be honest. But so it would have been a few years after that. But I was still pretty young I, th- I think Sixth Sense was a couple of years before Unbreakable yeah quite a yeah I think it was yeah I, I won't look it up immediately but I'm pretty sure Sixth Sense it came it was definitely in the this. like mid 90s mm, mm, yeah 
Yeah. And then another film that's exactly along the lines of that is Primer, which again, as we were talking about, is a time travel movie. But you watch all of Primer and you get to the end and you go, oh my God, hang on. Now I need to watch the entire movie Uh, all again. Don't you find it kind of annoying though? Because I do the same with, I've never really thought about that with films, but when I'm reading something and like I like a twist shock ending because it keeps me like oh like I like having that feeling of whoa at the yeah. end but then I read that and then I go oh yeah oh wow that's amazing and then it's oh now oh I keep thinking about do I have to now read that bit I wish I knew this when I was reading that bit so I could pay more <laughs> attention to that bit it's so annoying it must be way more annoying with a book that you've just finished because you're like oh yeah I've just finished this book I can move on to my next book now and I'm really excited about wait hang on what no now I have to read this whole <laughs> book again it's so annoying <laughs> all of this time I've invested into I just, it I never actually go back but I always just think I wish I had that information when I was reading that bit before because it would have made yeah. me pay more attention. I yeah, don't know, yeah, read yeah. it better or something. I don't know. Imagine how much worse the film would be, though, if at the start they were like, oh, by the way, watch out for these scenes because Bruce Willis <laughs> is a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> watch out at these parts, all right? Imagine how much Imagine how much of your enjoyment that would have detracted from the film. Yeah. Or like someone pops yeah. up in the corner when something big happens just like does a big wink like, yeah. see, wink, <laughs> see what we did there. Look at that over there, look at that. But M. Night Shyamalan is now kind of synonymous with these twist endings, almost to a point where people expect them. And I just feel like, yeah, I did enjoy these films, but then he started coming out with some real... Yeah, he had that. That's what we were talking about the other day when we said we were going to watch this. I can't remember what it's called now. Lady in the Lake. Lady in the Lake. I want to say Girl in the Water. (laughs) The Girl in the Water. I think that's a book, though. Lady in the Lake. The Last Airbender. That was the one. No, but Lady in the Lake was the one that came out when I remembered. Because I'd watched sixth sense yeah and i really liked it because i was young and i'd never seen anything like that before and i was like whoa <laughs> you went running up to your dad going oh my god dad 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 this film have you seen it? the sixth sense and he's like yeah i, I was here watching it with you the whole I time <laughs> no, i don't think i told him that i'd seen it because i was young that was a twist ending <laughs> i was watching it with you the whole time <laughs> no i didn't tell him that i'd seen it oh okay so because it really messed you up and you're like oh my god what if everyone I'm talking to is dead he literally (laughs) gives you the exact right like he literally gives you it to your face the boy says I see dead people when he's talking to him I know like how can you not know so anyway yeah so that film (laughs) do you think do you think Charmalamalan is sat there in his big armchair (laughs) while people are watching this film going hmm (laughs) I'm so clever clever and you're all idiots there must have been people (laughs) there must have been people that worked out yeah that's what I'd be doing I'd be sat there going you're all idiots you won't see this coming at all and then it gets to 2022 and everyone's fell up with him yeah everyone's fell up Um, with him now (laughs) No, so yeah, I was. When are you going to do a follow up to Unbreakable? Oh, we're not going to get this sentence out. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was really shocked when I saw that film and thought it was really good. And I remembered it being him. So then when I heard people going on about Unbreakable all the time, and I knew that was him. I thought, oh, yeah, he's really good. And then The Village. I watched a bit. I don't think I ever saw that the whole way through. But I watched it in bits like sometimes mm. you do. Mm. And so, yeah, that was fine. And then people kind of talking about, what is it? The Lady in the Lake. Yeah. And they talked weren't talking so great about that. No. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, okay, right. He's had his time then, I suppose. Yeah, and obviously the last airbender did not go down very well because the people that are fans of Avatar are like real big fans. Yeah, I wonder why he Avatar. decided to do that, for, like him specifically, because it's not really his type of thing, no, is it? No, it's not. Maybe he really likes it, and he was actually really sad well, maybe, that he didn't do it justice. But as a as a guy of ethnic descent, of Indian descent, mm. it's weird that he decided to make the bad guys in that all Indian. I found that very strange. Indian? No. Oh, right. Oh, I don't know. No, because it was all, like, Asian. Uh, well, I mean, all right, Indian is 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 Asian. We were, I mean, there's semantics, I know. But in the, in the original animation, it was all different forms of, you know, Chinese, Japanese, yeah. Tibetan, and, you know, yeah, exactly. So it was things like that. But I so that was a very weird choice that he made that everyone kind of watching the film went really okay don't know why you did that and it just I don't think it landed very well no. with fans more than anything. Well, they're never happy anyway, so no. <laughs> um but recently he's done The Beach That Makes You Age or yeah. it's just commonly called <laughs> old. But the premise is just the beach that makes you age. Like you're accidentally like left your hat on it and then you go back and pick it up and then come back to your car and you're like three weeks older. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's very, oh, very strange. Oh, I left my keys on there as well. I've got to go back. Yeah. Oh, God. It's, you know. But th- again, that has a twist ending yeah, to it. Yeah, what is it? Are they time travelling? No. <laughs> No, it's not. No, it's not. I, I mean, thought that'd be perfect for what we talked about. That's all. Well, here's the thing. Because that film is so new, I'm not going to tell you what the ending is while we're recording. I'll tell you it off air. But oh. needless to say, it is typical M. Night Shyamalan. Are we ever going to watch that film? Because uh, I feel like if we watch it, then I don't want to know. But how do, you, well, how do you know the end? I've, again, I've listened to people talk about it. Oh, why do you do that? Because I just open myself up to these things. Yeah, I know. But Split and Glass are both follow-ups to this film. And the fact that they've obviously managed to, like, tie it in quite nicely is is pretty good with that. I feel like we've gone on a while without having some more trivia, so I think we need a little (laughs) bit more trivia. Yeah, I know, I think we do. I think we do. So do I get... Do I at least get the jingle as well? (laughs) I don't even know what the jingle is anymore. It's gone so out of no hand. No one even knows. <laughs> no one even knows anymore. So the film is shot as a series of long... And in this trivia here, it even says, very long by Hollywood <laughs> long standards. Long very long. Tracking, very long tracking shots, often mm. with stark shadows or unusual camera angles to mimic the storyboard 
flow of a comic book. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, it's quite... That's Well, I keep thinking graphic novel. It keeps just coming back to me about that. Yeah. It's a bit darker and a bit moodier. But, um, yeah, I noticed that. And, so. of course, a more literal interpretation of that was the Ang Lee Hulk that got made, where it was literal oh, transitions that was between... Bad. Did you know uh, that was bad? I thought that was terrible. Yeah, that was terrible. I went to see that in the <laughs> cinema as well, and even I came out from that going like... Yeah, it was a cool Hulk movie, but that was terrible. Like yeah. that was that was almost too meta for a comic book movie. You yeah. Know? So another one that I quite like was this one, which is the scene. Do I get the jingle? Oh, just quick. There we go. Val, oh, thank you. It just makes it so much better. Because when it first started, it was supposed to be like the Pearl and Dean. Is that oh, what you, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know the one. Torvill and Dean. Pearl and Dean. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the ba 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 that one. Yeah. And then because you said, oh, well, you can't do too much of it because then people know what I, it is. Yeah, I don't know that we can get away with it. I no, mean, then I... Enough time has passed that you can get away with doing it this time if you want. <laughs> no, but Go then... On. So then I had to keep trying to do it without doing it. And now it just sounds... Now it just sounds like a ra- like a police radio. <laughs> or like an... Oh, well, it's kind of like a news casting thing like breaking news it's kind of yeah exactly I don't know the scene where David's son tries to shoot him spoiler to prove he has superpowers is reminiscent of an actual incident in which George Reeves was once confronted by a child who threatened to shoot him with a real gun while he was in his Superman costume. Reeves got the boy to put the gun down by convincing him it would ricochet and hurt someone else Who's George Reeves? George Reeves was the original Superman in like the black and white Superman. He's days. also called Reeves. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Because Christopher Reeve then famously yeah, yeah. took over. But <laughs> yeah. Me. Uh, it was George Reeves was Superman when they were doing Superman, I think at, serialized on uh oh, television. Okay. Back, way back in so the So he actually uh, 50s, convinced somebody not to shoot him. Yeah. But this this guy actually was... This was real, though, this guy. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Superman was just faking it. <laughs> imagine that, though. Can you imagine how scared that would be? Like, yeah, that some is kid comes up to you is like uh, thinking that you're Superman. It's like, whoa, hang on now. <laughs> Obviously, now it would be he a He would just fly different. away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Fly away. <laughs> Go on, you coward. <laughs> Pew pew. <laughs> <laughs> pew pew. Pew pew. <laughs> so, before we get a rating from you as to what you thought about Unbreakable, usually what we do is we get you to pitch a sequel to this. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's kind of already been done, though. I know, it? I'm joking. And I, I'm I joking. don't know the synopsis of that, so I can't even cheat. No, I think we will watch Split soon because I'm yeah, very interested. Yeah, I really want to watch it. that, and then we have to watch Glass as well. I really, want, very, I really want to watch it. I'm very now interested as this. to what Glass. I don't actually know what Glass is about. This I know guy, that. Probably. Well, obviously, it is about this guy, <laughs> but I don't know exactly what the. I did look at the run times of them though. Oh no! Split is nearly two hours, and Glass is about two and a quarter hours. <gasps> That is a long time. So a lot. You must have to go do that in, in a them. daytime. 
because we always say oh you know that's a really two and a half hours is a really long film it yeah. is long if you start it at 11 o'clock at night like we yeah. would it's not long if you start it at 12 in the afternoon no exactly <laughs> <laughs> exactly so it's fine we have a tendency to start films way later than we yeah, intend yeah even though we to. don't need to no like we could exactly. do it on a day off or something if we have like a daytime right strange. or start it at like 10 in the morning and you'll be finished by lunch <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's for wusses, isn't it? Yeah, really? Um, yeah, I well, know. Yeah, you that's know? why I always. But that's why I never see the end of a film. So I fall asleep every time. Oh, exactly. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I saw the end of this film though. Yeah, that's why you never saw the end of Sixth Sense. <laughs> film still doesn't still make sense to you. I still don't know what's happened. <laughs> Everyone's talking about this great ending to it. I didn't see it. I just thought his wife was really horrible to him. <laughs> Wow, it's just a it's just a film where Bruce Willis gets ignored for two hours. <laughs> yeah, but it's so, don't you think it's so funny that he was also um, he tried to convince the person not to shoot him at the beginning of Sixth Sense and it didn't work, but in this film it worked, and he wouldn't have died if he shot him in this film. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the duality of that. They should have well, swapped over. M. Night Shyamalan came up with the idea for this while he was directing Sixth Sense. So I actually think that maybe there was a lot of that thought process involved. Let's get Bruce Willis and then people will talk about it. Yeah. Well, that obviously as well. Well, yeah, I know. And actually, when the kid, sorry, I was going to say, when the kid was upside down, and I said, oh, that kid again, because I thought it was the Sixth Sense kid, because when he was lying upside down, he was really similar. Hayley Joel And then when he came back round, obviously he didn't look anything like him. But No. I find it funny that this is another showcase of how Bruce Willis will do films, get paid a lot for them, but do as little acting yeah. as possible. Yeah, he barely even spoke in this one. <laughs> and because we did, we talked about this when we were doing The Fifth Element, didn't oh, we? Oh, I forgot about that. Where Bruce Willis <laughs> is like, he's so deadpan. Moment of silence for the time that I lost when I was watching that film. Oh, well, you know, I'm very sorry about that. It's you know, one of my favourite films. You're literally quite speaking a while. the whole way oh, through the moment of silence. All right. <laughs> well, this is going to sound really good for an audio podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, everyone, just take a second. Just take a breather. It's all right. No, yeah, I know. I can't remember really a lot about that film. Did he, he didn't talk very much then, did he? Is that what the thing was? Oh, no, he didn't act very much. No, I feel like. <laughs> He, he didn't do a whole lot of acting in this film. No. No, I you said like, in Fifth Element as well he didn't. No, in Fifth Element he was very deadpan. You know, yeah, there were a okay. few moments where he yeah, that's true, yeah. did some cool bits, had some good moments, had a few, like, almost John McClane yeah. moments. Because this is what he's so synonymous with, is John McClane. Yeah, as soon as he did Die Hard, he ruined himself forever. Because everyone expected him to either be John McClane or do John McClane roles or act as hard as he did when he yeah. was John McClane. Which is really weird because he came up doing comedy things and he was in that and he was in the comedy series, the te- like sitcom in America. Yeah. Moonlighting. And he was hilarious. Like he was actually he's actually a comedy actor. Can I just say, and this is still a little bit off topic for this film, but we will get back on to rating Unbreakable very soon. But one of my favourite Bruce Willis films is a film that no one has heard of and it's Hudson Hawk and it's a comedy film and That's Bruce I mean. Willis is hilarious He's in it. He's a comedy it. actor. That's why they got him in Friends because he knew what he was doing. He was so funny. And it's got Richard E. Grant in it, as, it? as like a bad guy. 
and it's him doing no, all of these. Of he's a cat burglar. So uh, Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis is a cat burglar, oh, okay. and he's hired by Richard E. Grant to steal steal things uh, for him. And <laughs> it's just like there are so many genuinely funny moments yeah. that Bruce Willis has yeah, in this film funny. where he just delivers things. He delivers a comedy line yeah. brilliantly. And I don't know why everyone comes down on Bruce Willis for trying to do comedy. I know, yeah, because that's what he was. He's funny. And he just... Yeah, it's unusual, I suppose, because he got so famous doing Die Hard, everyone's just Exactly. Like, oh. And I feel like this has had a real knock-on effect to Bruce Willis, because I feel like this is why he's so grouchy and so fed up with the film industry now, is because he actually wanted to do things he wanted... And everyone came down and he's like, well, fine, all I'm going to do is do action films yeah. now, but I'm not going to be happy about yeah. it. <laughs> and I just feel bad for him yeah, more than yeah. anything. But that's my pro tip. Well, pro tip number two of the podcast, because the first one was how to store your comic books correctly. Oh, okay. Even though right? you're not doing it. Well, I, <laughs> I just don't bag and board yeah, or every single right, issue okay. that I have. All right, that's the thing. But pro tip number two is go and check out Hudson Hawk. Yeah, I've never heard a, of it. Also his album. Yeah, well, <laughs> when, he, when he was Bruno. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, it was bad, but, you know... Some it's like Bruce it. Willis singing and he can sing. My dad liked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so he's the one. <laughs> the one that bought it. I mean, if you're listening to this, Bruce Willis, we are only joking. We love you, really. Please come on to our podcast. <laughs> no, so, he's miserable. Well, at least, you, well, you know, maybe coming on to our podcast might cheer him up a bit. <laughs> I'd look well to we'll just be. Him. We'll just be talking about... What film, what film would, we, what, would we watch with Bruce? <laughs> no, but we'd have to come up with a film, all three of us. That'd be awkward. All yeah. three of us would have to sit on the so our sofa and watch a film <laughs> that... <laughs> Dog would have to go onto <laughs> his Bruce, lap. <laughs> that Bruce Willis hadn't seen. <laughs> and then we'd have to talk about it afterwards. That'd yeah. be awkward. I'm sure he can suggest a film that he hasn't seen, but... I don't know. I, I feel like he might be a film watcher. <laughs> I mean, if there was if there was three of us in the room, I would say that it would have to be a film that at least one of us hadn't seen. Well, so yeah. that the other two could then go, how come you've not seen this well, film Well, guess before? what would happen? If Bruce Willis was here, me and you were here watching a film, guess what would happen? What? The film would be something that you'd seen and me and Bruce Willis hadn't. What a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bitter. I don't think so he. I, I don't think he would have seen like. Oh, I don't know. Hudson Hawk probably. <laughs> he never. He never watched, he never watched his watched own it. film. Wow, that, that would happens be a, though. If Johnny yeah. Depp, if Johnny Depp comes onto this podcast, he never watches his own films, right? So we could actually watch something with Johnny Depp, and it would be so funny oh my because God. we'd have to make him sit and watch one of his own films, and then he'd have to talk about one of his own films because he'd never seen it all the way through. Oh, before. three guesses what that would be: Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Uh, or, or, we or could, Rango Cut you some slack I was going to say Rango But then I thought he might actually have seen that Because it's just his voice Yeah that's true He had children and he So had he children, might so have actually maybe, watched that Because he didn't have maybe. to look at himself I don't know, I don't know what his problem is It's what? like watching himself act yeah. or I don't know what it is But yeah, so I don't know about that 
Well, I'm sure we'll find something to watch with Bruce Willis. Maybe Sixth Sense. I don't know. <laughs> he might never have seen that. seen that. He might not have known what the ending was this no, whole maybe, time. No. So maybe the ending would be a surprise for, for Bruce Willis. I don't know. But there we go. I, I don't know. So I think the reason that I hadn't seen this film until now was just because it was on my radar. But... I don't, I don't know. It was just never something that I think I ever got round to, which is no. weird. And then we couldn't find it for a while because I did yeah. keep, keep saying that I wanted to watch it. When Glass came out especially, and then whenever when people were... Oh, I'd kind of... Been going on about Split. Yeah, when I heard that Split mm. was kind of part of the same thing, Yeah. I thought, oh, I want to watch all three of them now because it seems really interesting. Yeah, we couldn't find it. Couldn't find it, no. Very weird. Because then... Yeah, because I thought Split to me seemed more interesting than Unbreakable. But then because, like I've said a thousand times, it's mm. part of the same thing. I then had this sense of wanting to watch that before because I wanted to understand that big thing that yeah. was going on about whatever it is. No. Well, we can now. I reckon we're right, though. I think they, they end up in the same mental place. I, I reckon so. All right. We're going to get lots of tweets going, yeah, that's exactly what happened while we're watching the film now. <laughs> So, as we do every episode, we get the person that hasn't seen the film to give the film a rating, and it's always out of changes every episode. We have to both do it, Stan. We both have to do it. We both have to do it. So, I will... uh, Do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? Yeah, because this has been really hard for me, because I can't think of anything to rate it out of, because I've been thinking this whole time. I can't think of anything. Okay. Well, I can come up with something if you want, and then you can... It might either trigger something in your mind. Like, there's nothing or... funny about this, is there? <laughs> Depends what your sense of humour is, really. <laughs> oh, well, that comes down to... let. I mean, comedy is subjective. <laughs> so to some people, this film might be hilarious. Well, I can't exactly say, like, out of five, I give it four train crashes, can I? Four train wrecks. Oh, yeah, that's not very no, that's a PC. Bit of a, no, 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 no. Well, I mean, if you thought the film was a train wreck, then, I mean, you know, but nah, 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 comedy <laughs> is subjective. <laughs> so I'll go first then. I'm going to give it four. I actually thought this film was really, really good. It was, it didn't hang around in scenes too long. I will say, yeah, the, the scenes ended really weirdly. Yeah, they did. Yeah, Which I forgot I, about that. Yeah, it was really strange. So yeah, it was really strange. <laughs> faded out in a really awkward moment. Yeah, like they were still talking. Well, it seemed like they were still talking. So it seemed like the sentence hadn't really finished yet. Right. And then it was just off. So very like, strange. What? So other than those moments where I was like, oh, that's obviously that where that purpose, scene ends. Though. I don't know. They must have cut certain parts out for time, I oh, think. And not. it must have uh, just okay. been like... I just fade there. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. fine. Just fade there. It'll be all People right. People say it's part of it. It's fine. Yeah. It's it's artistic. Artistic yeah. integrity mm. still intact, <laughs> apparently. Mm. So I felt like the editing on this film at some points took me out of it because it faded really strangely. But overall, the film did keep me interested for a very long time. There weren't any moments where I went, oh, this is losing me here. It built up, and by the end of the film, you go, oh, I get it. It's an Origins movie to this guy being 
a hero. Yeah, to a thing that you didn't know was was, was an origin. So no, you didn't exactly. Know it was developing. So anything. obviously, it all builds at the end, and you go, "Oh, it it makes sense now. Now it kind of." you know it's going to carry on after this point so i like that so it gets four and i'm going to give it four glass canes oh okay i was going to give it four french toasts because french they were making toast. french french toast at oh the yeah end. And they kept crying about it kept crying about french <laughs> toast <laughs> really but... crying over that french toast why are you guys crying for it's my french toast that best i was going to give it four french toast but that was so insignificant so i thought i'd give it four glass canes well, I really like this film as well. I yeah. actually liked the end when he passed the newspaper over to the kid and they yeah. and he was like, it's real, you were right. I really liked that. I thought that was really nice because he couldn't tell, he couldn't really tell the mum because he didn't want her to know that he'd stopped playing football for her yeah. and not because of the accident. Yeah. He didn't want her to know that he'd faked it. Because the whole point was that she didn't want him going out doing dangerous things yeah. for a, for, a, yes, yeah. for his life. Yeah. You know? And so so, yeah. so that was nice. He was like, I kind of have to keep it a secret. But it's just a nice thing. I just like that. I did kind of feel like the part where he kept adding all the weights to see how strong he was. I found that quite, quite boring. <laughs> I thought that was a bit long. I didn't have to make... It's just where the kid goes... I lied. <laughs> but it's, I put it's more on. How many did you put on? Okay, take some off. Oh, I didn't take some off. How much is it now? Oh, let's get more. How much is it now? Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> Great, okay. I mean, the thing is, the barrier there is I don't know how to measure things in pounds. No, me so... I don't know what 350 pounds is. When he looked over and he said, how much was it this time? And he was like, and he looked scared, almost scared of him because of how strong he was. I thought he was going to say like, 700 pounds <laughs> so I don't know what that is what's 700 pounds a small car I don't know yeah can you measure it in like forms of what is it a Ford Mondeo or is it <laughs> yeah. a Mini Cooper yeah. like what are we talking here yeah like how much was it oh it was a minibus like that's why he's so scared I can't yeah I thought that yeah. was really that, I thought that was a little bit long so that was the only thing I'd say that I couldn't be bothered with that really. so what I'm hearing is that your rating is going to be out of weights <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm going to give it 450 pounds out of 5 <laughs> out of 500 I don't know nice is is that actually it? You're gonna you're giving it, or, or are you gonna scale it down to four and a half out of five? No, I'm gonna give it four. I just four. accidentally said four hundred fifty. I don't oh. know because he kept saying. Well, first of all, he was like two hundred fifty, two hundred seventy-five. That was three hundred. <laughs> I mean, I'm just all I'm gonna assume is that's a lot. I guess a lot, but yeah, yeah I suppose. Okay, so four, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think awesome. It's good. Okay, I think it was good. Yeah, I thought it was really good too. And it might not have made such a big impact on us. We're watching it now in 2022 because, like we've said, we've seen a lot of things of that type already come out since sure. then. And we've watched those already. So it might not have made such a big difference to us because mm. it's not unusual to us now. No. But I think at the time it was probably quite... Oh my God, if I'd like watched this, if shocking. I'd watched this the year it, it had come out or relatively soon after it had come out when I was 13, 14. Yeah. Uh, this probably would have been my favourite film of the year. Yeah, because did he make this up himself? Because yes. I'm thinking this all of a sudden isn't an adaptation of something like we've seen. No. This is something that he has made himself. He's yes. like essentially created an original comic book. Yeah, it is. Like, Absolutely. And that's good. I like that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Totally. Well, there you have it. So, Unbreakable is a breakout hit among uh, us. Ah, comedy is subjective. 
not that though. <laughs> so Unbreakable gets four stars from both Amber and myself. Four glass canes and four fifty pound weights. <laughs> four hundred and fifty pound weights. <laughs> But what do you all out there think? Were you one of the first wave of people to watch Unbreakable? And this is completely old news at this point, and you're more interested in what M. Night Shyamalan did as follow-ups. Have you been tearing your hair out this entire time, going, Split is completely different to what you think it is, anything like that? Do you think Unbreakable was actually one of M. Night Shyamalan's lowest points, and that actually... One of his other highest points is one of his more recent films, like The Beach in Which You Age, otherwise known as just old. Are there films that you want to see us do in the future that you think are classic movies that we might not have seen before that definitely, definitely need our attention. All of these can be posted to us through our social medias. I am at Drew Bridger. At Amber Inch. And make sure to use the hashtag BTTRpod so that we know when we are being talked about on the internet. Amber, if the listeners have liked this episode, what else should they do? Like, subscribe and review on your podcast service and rate five stars. Also follow at BTTRpodcast on Instagram. Excellent. Yes, I think they should do that. That would definitely be a good thing to do podcasts like this do rely on word of mouth quite a lot and if you want to give us that five star rating like we very nearly did for unbreakable (laughs) then go ahead and do that it would mean a lot to us but in the meantime until our next episode amber i'm uh gonna go downstairs and uh and lift some weights what do you think (laughs) do you want to Want to see how much we What's can bench press between us? What's going to happen when you go us? down the stairs? You're not going to fall, are you? I really hope <laughs> this is where we find out whether I'm unbreakable or very breakable. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, get me a cane. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a bench press, but it's not. It's just a cane <laughs> instead. That's what you need. <laughs>